It's the Snow Day Christmas Party at Steve's Kitchen Table. Steve, Les, and I having a couple cocktails, reflecting on the past year. George is between hospitals. He had to work, busy saving lives, so he called in. He's on speakerphone. This is episode four of season two, New Year's 2019. So here's the disclaimer. I've had a few drinks. People will want to listen or they won't. Whatever. Four friends trapped in a virtual living room by a virtual snowstorm. This is the Snow Day Podcast with Dr. George Alvarez. And that's just to be a little bit better. A little bit better personally, a little bit better professionally, a little bit better friend, a little bit better of a partner. And I hope a lot better as a dad. The core leader, Stephen DeGroot. I want to get 2% less better because I'm so fucking awesome. Entrepreneur and guy's son, Leslie Hansen. She goes, you should try to quit swearing. Oh, (laughs) no. I swear to God. I was like, yeah, no fucking way. (laughs) And me, I'm Bruce Krentz, the one they left behind. Ten pull-ups. I'm not sure ever in my life I've been able to do 10 Oh Jesus, well you're going to have trouble doing it now then. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, you're fucked. Hey dude, are you on your way home? You sound like you're driving. Yeah, I'm leaving work. Do it from his car right now. Take the piss out of George. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a take yeah, the piss no. out of George podcast. Yeah, no, no, we were. That you love about George. We're gonna talk. About, yeah, that was the thing. Is uh, Christmas memories. Give me of your George. favorite 2018 George uh, memory. Yeah, that's what we're gonna yeah, do. That's it. That's the whole the whole cast. That's it. Well, you know, I. Or, or, or how about like, David? When was the last time you? When was the last time you were absolutely furious at George for something he did? Yeah. <laughs> so we made a list, and we're down to the top hundred. You don't have enough. You don't have enough software to record it. Yeah, I was actually thinking about what you were... Is that what you're going to do? The, what, the top stories of 2018? We're good. We're going to do it, and uh, we're recording right now, so what do you got? If you got two minutes, tell us. Well, I was actually going to do the, the, uh, the hashtag MeToo movement, how it sort of affected me personally and professionally. I think that was a, quite a big story, I think, in, for all of us. Mine was close yeah. to that too, but what you you get to go first because you're working tonight and none of us are. So what's uh, like? How did it affect you? Uh, well, I think I've, I've I've just become very conscious because um, you know medicine for a very long time has uh, been equal. I think been very general gender equal. In fact, my med school was the first medical school ever. In Western Canada, and maybe even in Canada, for sure, Western Canada that had more women than men in their med class. So it was a big thing in 1992. So I've always just grown up with lots of females uh, and males. And for me, it's about competency. I mean, I don't care about your gender, your sexual orientation. I need you to be a competent doctor. Otherwise, that's when I'll have an issue with you. But this has made it even more uncomfortable for me to give feedback. That's how it's affected me. 
where I want to teach somebody, I want to give them feedback. I have to be very cautious of how I do it because if I don't say it the right way, if I'm having a bad day like anybody else on earth has a bad day, it will have a negative consequence on me because they can just paint it in a dark light for me, which is sad because everybody deserves to have a bad day. And uh, so, yeah, for me, it's the educational piece of it. And in fact, very interestingly, four academics wrote a letter in the New England Journal of Medicine uh, warning women about the uh, how good it's been in the, the, the hashtag MeToo movement, but how negative it has been for them academically. They cannot find mentors. Most of them are male. Uh, and these people are saying they, they've been told in private that they're not worth the risk. They want to be mentored, but the males wow. refuse to do it. Which is, which is a huge, huge shot over the bow. And they're saying, you know, guys, of course we needed to come to this point, but let's let the pendulum swing the other way because it might actually be hurting academic pursuits of uh, women in academia, which I thought was quite interesting and bold for such a prestigious medical journal to publish. Okay, we've had a couple of drinks, so we're going to have a hard time following up on something that thought worthy for the past year. But well, that's that's pretty insane. Like I might just thought is it's it's well, it's layered, of course, because um, you know I think you know when you talk about a male-dominated profession, which is most of them except for human services and childcare. You know, there's that layer that we brought this on ourselves, like you know, where you uh, you kind of go and then and then you kind of understand that yeah, it may have a negative implication for women as well. But then isn't that almost like coming back full circle <laughs> to kind of padding that, you know, it, it sounds like a secondary type excuse to keep people quiet. <laughs> like, you know, this is my initial, of course, it's deeper than that. But it's almost like, yo, men come out on top again, even when we're just trying to be careful, yeah, uh, you know. So yeah, exactly. it's one of those things. But that's that's my, my first thought. Georgie, with that said, if your class was equal, how, does, how have the men, women stacked up in your careers like... Are men further ahead professionally than women, even if you all graduated together, or do you think it's equal now? Yeah, no, I think I think it is equal. I just think about the people that I graduated. I just even think about my own department, where two of the five medical directors are women. More women are coming into my field. I mean, ICU is different because it's such a, a taxing, demanding profession that women who want to have children this is not the best profession for them to get into but for sure at least how i feel and again it's my view if my women might not feel the same way but at the end of the day in my profession it is your competence can you operate can you replace a hip can you resuscitate somebody can you take care of an elderly frail person it's all equal and uh you know i like working with just competent people but i can understand why they felt that way up until very recently it's just, it's just interesting to hear women telling men the opposite side of a positive movement. Because everything that swings can get battered. Kind of a pendulum swings in one direction. There are consequences that people have not anticipated. And I don't think the vast majority of women would have anticipated that this positive thing may have backlashed in ways that they would have never thought. And uh, academic achievement and going up the academic ladder is one of them. And that's certainly not what they were hoping for. Anyways, it's a, yeah. 
A very interesting perspective and one that I didn't think about until you mentioned it. Yeah. We'll do your personal one right away, but you you kind of stole mine from this year too. It wasn't really the the me too, but I just, I did a, like a super deep dive into cultural competency and uh, sort of indigenous history in Canada and stuff like that this year. And I've become hyper aware of just sort of like systemic race, racism. You think, you know, I don't like you because you look this way, but then, then you realize there's a deeper piece to that right and i mean my little mm-hmm. example is we do this little north star show and we not on purpose but often don't interview as many aboriginal kids as white kids because they're less outgoing and so you think okay i, I want to grab like it's just easier to gravitate to the kids that are in your face and talking to you but meanwhile the other kids are better interviews once you you kind of break through that right but they're a little bit different than you and it's easy to uh to to pass them over right and so to me, that's just a small microcosm of the, the whole world. You know, I hope I explained that all right. Just kind of going through that talk, and I've been listening to so many podcasts, NPR stuff about what's going on in the States. Just, And I'm sure every generation goes through that, but I think it's just my time in life to understand that um, there's some pretty big issues out there. And uh, the Me Too movement has helped with that as well, right? To just kind of try to have a bigger mm-hmm. bigger view of the world. And so that, that's been a pretty, pretty big one for me uh, this year. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about it, don't want to really, you know, I mean, I hate making references to what's happening down south, leading with the, the hashtag Me Too movement. I think one of the things that stands out for me as the as a terrible commentary on where we're at is the whole Kavanaugh thing. You know, to see to see so many powerful institutions being bent and broken, yeah. to see an open investigation of people absolutely lying, to see like so much uh, hard evidence that the person that is the next, you know, incumbent or whatever you refer to as the next seat uh, has multiple sexual assaults, has made decisions uh, that have harmed women. Um, you know, just, I mean, all that stuff to me, it almost seemed like that was, you know, everything that happened before that seemed surreal. For me, that was the moment where we have crossed so many lines to allow this to happen. Yeah. It, it goes into my, what I call the uh, astounding but not surprising bucket. Where you have a moment and go, that's absolutely fucking astounding. But then you step back from it and you go, well, we, we, well, not we, but they elected a rapist anyway, knowingly. So why wouldn't they put a rapist on the Supreme Court? Like, you know, it's like, well, that's really not that surprising. Um, But for me, I think as a, as a pro feminist person who's raising boys in the world, uh, trying to make things right, George, like you say, the stopping the pendulum and trying to own what we own as the men that came before us. I think we crossed the line there that just was like, wow, this is the lowest of the low, yeah. right? Yeah, no, that, that, is, that is a good point. I think it, all those things are wrapped up. It actually sort of throws me back to the Clarence Thomas hearings with Anita yeah. Hill. Wow. Uh, I remember watching those as well. Yeah. You know, she was, she was humiliated. She was railed. And Thomas is, uh, you know, been a Supreme Court judge for 20 years now. And if you think about that situation now, how much more sensational and blown up it was. Like he was just literally allowed to say, I, you know, categorically refuse. This never happened. And you just think about what she had to go through versus what people would have to go through now, now that everybody's so hyper aware of that. Yeah, so that, that, is, a, that is a good point because I think our things are all kind of, they're all thematic. Everything, what Bruce said, what I said, what Steve said, what Les is about to say, it's just us. As white privileged men in society are just, you know, waking up to, I think we might have been a little bit naive 
believe in what we thought was going on because we were so sheltered from it. Yeah, and before Les jumps in here, I I have to say I was a professor of anti-oppressive practice. You know, I've been awake to this stuff for a long time and the depths of it. So to see it unfold and kind of understand the implications as it relates to the people that are involved and, and way beyond that. To our children's children's children, yeah. right? But Lester, you're. Uh... Uh, I'll be honest. I think this has been a more interesting conversation than I thought the three of you were going to be able to come up with, <laughs> in terms of the the Decent. most important sort of news story of, of 2018. Decent backhanded yeah. compliment. We'll take yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, yeah, yeah. Take yeah. yeah. You know, that's usually the best you're going to get out of me <laughs> yeah. on a on a, wow. on a night like this. Here's here's what I will throw out, and it's in line with all of those things. It maybe extends them a, a little bit further. You know, obviously, I think when historians look back at 2018, there's going to be a, a lot of fucking gunpowder there, right? Because <laughs> there's been, when we look at things like, Steve, you're, you're very subtly stating, you know, south of the border. When we look at the things that have gone on, it's been a, an almost incredible year to think about. I think that in my mind, and for me personally, there's one story that kind of ties them all together. You guys know that I'm a, I'm a big politics buff. I'm a big sort of like economics, finance guy. And I'm also a huge sports fan. In my mind, the one story that ties all of this together in 2018 is the story of Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's because that story, the fact that he is still not playing in the NFL, ties together... All of the things that that are broken in society in politics, economics, race relations, and media. And all four of those things come together in his story. Yeah. Right? And sport sport yeah. as well. You know, and, and it's it's sports, which yeah. is a huge part of popular culture. Here's a guy who decided he wanted to protest that white cops were shooting black unarmed black kids in the US and somehow that got turned into you're un-American, you're against the flag, you're against the military. Veterans. It, it be, it, <laughs> right? You're against veterans. Bad, bad man. It became a completely divisive political issue, left versus right. It is clearly an issue of economics in terms of the number one underpinning problem in all this, which is the incredible income inequality in the U.S. because the NFL is an organization where 30 obscenely wealthy people control the entire game and they just decided, fuck them, we're not going to stand for that. And that's a, an indication that even, even in this liberal democracy we think we live in, that 30 powerful people can just say, None of the democratic values that we think should apply are going to apply here. Whatever. We're going to wipe that out and we're going to make this story anything we want to make it. The media has been completely complicit in both sides. So this one man's protest against something that was a pretty simple, clearly defined issue has become this crazy, nebulous, partisan, political, economic storm front that we can fight so many fights along, all tying back to one guy. Even though it didn't start in 2018, you know, before we got to the the beginning of the 2018 NFL season, 
it was the biggest story in sports was what's going to happen on opening day? Are these guys going to kneel or not? Yeah. Are the billionaire owners going to crush the millionaire athletes or not? Right. And uh, they have. We don't see anyone kneeling. We're week 15 in the NFL season. <laughs> no one is kneeling. And guess what? The story's no not one is even talking no about kneeling. Talking about it. And guess what? Colin Kaepernick, who's probably top 20 quarterbacks on the planet, is not playing in the NFL, <laughs> right? And yeah. even that's insane. It's, a, a, it's an incredibly complex story of so many moving pieces and the parts of society that I think right now are broken, all yeah. tied together in that yeah. story. Yeah. Time-honored tradition of sweeping it under the rug. Boom. There you go. <laughs> job, job done. Yeah. Hey, do you think you know when LeBron James did, did his hoodies up? Mm-hmm. With the Dwayne Wade, you know, protecting the same thing, right? Like black, yeah. the yeah. Trayvon Martin, which is, you know, an awesome story, an awesome podcast, thirty yeah. for thirty for mm-hmm. those who have not listened to it. Yeah. You know, do you think it was his ridiculous star power that let him go largely unscathed in that? Like, how come that didn't blow up so much? Yeah, yeah, no, I do, George, because that was like the five of the top ten stars in the NBA all banded together to do that. And there's, I mean, that, yeah, they were an insurmountable force, whereas Colin Kaepernick was, was one guy. Well, Kaepernick's also, like, Kaepernick made a decision without really getting people on board at first. Uh, yeah. So he left himself, yeah. like, he left himself vulnerable. Exactly. Because I bet you if Kaepernick could redo this and he, you know, spent some yeah. time thinking about it and got, you know, five of the, you know, the top yeah. quarterbacks, black or white, yeah. behind him. To agree. Uh, yeah. To agree to do this and made it more of a movement yeah. proactively than then retrospectively, he'd still be playing because yeah. those billionaires know that, you know, it's it's one guy, it's one black guy or, you know, versus the many. But if they had the many, it comes down to the mighty dollar. And values only matter when they fucking cost money. That's yeah. what it's, that's what I'm starting to learn. All these democratic, liberal kind of values come into play when they cost the people in control money. Absolutely. Great question. Yeah, but I bet question. You, that'd be a good one for Kaepernick. If you could go back and do it over again, what would you do differently? And I think, I'm guessing, but I would say you'd get some people behind you uh, before you, you know, well, put yeah, your own I neck think, out there. I mean, I think he could not have foreseen what has become of this, I think, on day one. I think that's a that's a fair statement. Yeah, and maybe if absolutely. he could go back and do it differently, he would. I'll tell you what, I have nothing but respect for the guy. Because there have been a number of opportunities for him to back off. Yep. And at those times, if he had backed off, he probably would have been able to yep. resurrect his NFL yep. career. He could come back. And uh, he has not sacrificed his values. And as a result, he has sacrificed his athletic career. Which, you know, it's hard for a professional to say I'm going to sacrifice earning potential. It's even more difficult for an athlete to say I'm no longer going to compete <laughs> in, the like, that's that I, yeah. in the game that I love right? the like, most. That's, yeah. that, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And I have mad respect for, for him for doing that. Yeah. I think George's um, example is, is a fantastic one. You know, that hoodies up for Trayvon Martin was arguably four or five of the biggest stars in the NBA. And I'll go one step further. There's a level of, how can I put this sort of uh, delicately? There's a level of racial tension difference between the NBA and the NFL. Yeah. Right? I think the NBA substantiated itself uh, quite a long time ago as a culturally non-racist, African-American-centric league. The NFL has absolutely not. 
<laughs> they've had, even though most of their athletes are African-American, they have absolutely refused to do that. Yeah. You know, and again, this is a league that's controlled by 30 billionaires, 30 individual people who are billionaires. They've refused every opportunity to do the right thing. They've refused to put in proper rules against violence against women for their players. They've refused to penalize one of their teams that has an obviously racist name that <laughs> causes um, trauma to people yeah. involved. And they've steadfastly, in this situation, refused to address what was clearly a racist scenario within their league. And they've basically just said, Tough F, yeah, <laughs> F you, we're white, we're billionaires, and this is what we want, because they can't. And because the American public is much more um, devoted to football than anything else. I think last year, 75 of the top 100 television programs were NFL games, right? Like it's like there's nothing on TV that drives dollars more than NFL football. Everything else is a distant second. They were televised concussion events. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so nice. As my last comment, because I have to go, I wonder in the future we're going to reflect the way people reflected on Muhammad Ali's stance where he threw his gold medal uh, in the river, where he refused to go uh, to Vietnam. You know, he's very famous saying about the Viet Cong. Uh, I, just, I just wonder if, you know, 20 years from now we're going to look back, because I think most people would reflect on Cassius Clay Muhammad Ali. Like, he did stuff when it was legit hard and it had, you know, like, uh, potentially fatal consequences to him. Like, you know, he got death threats, he had bodyguards, he could have been killed. I wonder if this is our generation's Muhammad Ali moment. That's a great example, George. And, and even further to that, he went to jail, right? Yeah. Cassius, Clay, yeah. Cassius Clay went to jail as a conscientious observer because he refused to go to the Vietnam War for yeah. religious reasons and the courts wouldn't approve. I think when we look back at this situation, in my mind, you're going to look at this Colin Kaepernick example as being a tremendous example. And thank you to you, George, for throwing in the Trayvon Martin and Hoodies Up story because I think the other, the athlete right now who separates himself from the pack on that is LeBron James because he has decided at the height, like, much like Muhammad Ali, He's decided at the height of his athletic career to become an incredibly socially conscious human. And I mean, he has a documentary series on HBO where he gets African-American celebrities together and, and says, guys, we got to sit down. We got to talk about the shit that matters. Like, how are we going to do better uh, as mentors for the next generation? We got to hash this shit out. He's incredibly politically conscious and he's very willing to be controversial, which is rare. How many of you made New Year's resolutions? It's 2019, and instead of being a kiss-dealing, wheeling-dealing, limousine-riding, jet-flying son of a gun, I've decided to be like The Rock. I tried, in 2019, I want to grow up and be like The Rock. So I'm on my way to the gym. I'm going to be a treadmill running, stationary bike riding. Crunching, dipping, push up, lunging. Woo! Son of a gun!
George, you gotta go. You got two one sentences to give us before you go. One line, most memorable thing from your past year personally and your New Year's resolution. We're gonna talk about this after you go. What was the highlight for your year? And visiting Paint Lake wouldn't be a bad choice. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I, I, I am gonna throw that out. That day that I had with my son at your cabin was definitely top five highlights of the year. Moving into my new house would be a close second. And uh, the resolution is similar to every resolution I have every year. And that's just to be a little bit better. A little bit better personally, a little bit better professionally, a little bit better friend, a little bit better of a partner. And I hope a lot better as a dad. And if I do 2% every year, I think I'll die perfect. <laughs> you plan, so, so you plan on living 108 years? <laughs> I, I, I plan to live to infinity. <laughs> Alright guys, Those, I'm out. I gotta go. Love you, George. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. How can you tell George is the only one not drinking? Those were pretty good. Those yeah. Were, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, even yeah. for George, very surprising. He was ready. He, he was, was ready. ready. No, I think he, he was ready. Even yeah. off to that. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. All right. So who's next on that cast? Uh, let's go. Yeah, well, you should go, you Bruce, you and then I'll pour, pour another quarter of wine while you go. Okay. My. I threw out the question like I made this up and I can't even really think about what Well, you have to answer the question now because Steve just walked away to go make us another <laughs> drink. Gone. So we clearly can't ask him That's to speak it. on this. It's me and you. Honestly, right now, the one that stuck with me the most is my grandmother passing away and not that she's... I mean, I'm super sad that she's gone, but we talked about this. She was 99. It was, that, it was a time of life. Like, that was good. It's really stuck with me a lot. I think about her a lot and uh, just how all that went. Part of it is I'm the executor for estate, so I'm dealing with it every yeah. day. But that was a really big Krentz moment, right? And it's yeah. weddings and funerals where we all got together yeah. and we had some good times. And yeah. uh, other than that, I mean, Murph's in grade 12. <laughs> we're empty, we're yeah, empty yeah. nesters in less than a year. And, that's uh, gonna, that's going to be the end of the line for you. You're you're six months away from being empty nesters. It's wild, right? And yeah. uh, I've, but mind you, that's going to be that's 2019's moment when you become a, an empty nester. So we shouldn't dwell on that too much in 2018. Yeah, I guess you're right. But but <laughs> we've been podcast, we've been do, podcast. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. But we've been doing yeah. a lot of kind of just you're thinking yeah. about it a lot now, right? Yeah. And so I mean, really, I I love having. Uh, our kids around, I've said this before, I like my kids as adults mm -hmm. as much or maybe more than I did as little kids. That's I, really I, cool. I love having yeah. people in our house and in our life and yeah. hanging yeah. out with them. And your New Year's resolution for 2019? My New Year's resolution, my... And it can't be just to be a better person. Yeah, George's yeah. yeah. like, cop-out, like his cop-out. Walk, like cop walk, 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 walk. I'm going to be great. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go on record right now and say I hope George is a, at least a 10% better friend. <laughs> Because if he's only a 2% better friend, you know, fuck him. He needs to be a better friend. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's chump change, 2% in the better friend department. Like. My sort of serious, on the, along the lines of George, drink a little bit less and, uh, oh, you and, know, be, you, and be a little bit healthier. You're in, the, you're in the path of my right cross, you know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so close to eat I a little bit that. less meat. Uh, even <laughs> he's in, you're getting he's, a both yeah. a right he's in a, and a left. He's in a zone to take me down. I mean, my other sort of funnier one is 10 pull-ups. I said, I said last ah. year I wanted to be able to do 10 pull-ups. I'm not sure ever in my life I've been able to do 10 pull-ups Oh, Jesus. Well, you're going to have doing it now then. Yeah. What, uh, well, thanks for the little confidence for our friend there. No, how many can you do? 
I think I can probably. I think I could. Well, I thought he was gonna say, you know, I used to be able to do twenty, and now I can only be able to do six. I want to do ten. Oh, you're fucked. If you've never done ten, I think you should take a page. And at age forty-eight, you think you're gonna go from two to ten? Take a page. That's a different fucking uh, hell. Like up that. If you can up that response by at least four four percent. Oh, you've never done that before. Yeah, it's totally screwed. Thanks. You are so fucking fucked. Thanks for the virtual hug, brother. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Eye contact. We... I was with eye contact. Yeah, we're, we're like a foot apart. Bruce, did we begin this recording by telling the audience that A, the three of us were here in the room together? No, no, I don't even think we And B, talk about we've it. been drinking for several hours? <laughs> Because that might have been important. Uh, uh, that was probably that might be important, like pre pod listening. Uh, we info. Well, I didn't, I, think it, I didn't think it'd have to come into play until like you were an asshole. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> hey, we'd all like to pull the drunk card, wouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know what? I've had a few drinks. People will want to listen, or they won't. Whatever. Ten pull-ups at age forty-eight. Whoa. Oh, you're. A, you know, you may want to rethink oh, that. Maybe, cool. maybe, maybe ten half pull-ups. No, dude. Seriously, I'm excited about this ten pull-ups thing. But how many can you do now? Do you know? Like, when, when did you try? Uh, I've got a chin up bar downstairs. We want to set the set. The yeah, thing. I could go. I could go set the bar while you guys do your thing. And try. I would say. Two, maybe three. Okay. And probably in my life, five or six was probably, like you've seen me. Even right? though you're yeah. a volleyball player, a pencil phenomenal, arms, phenomenal yeah. athlete. Yeah, and I would never heavy. have guessed. I would yeah. I'm not heavy. Okay, I'm athletics slight. takes all different shapes and, and forms, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Ten pull-ups. Right. Like what? We'll be back here next year. We're going to ask you how it's... You guys uh, probably don't even remember this, but this is correct. Grade six or seven, the Canada Fitness Tests. I always got yep. the participation badge because of flexed arm hang. Couldn't do it. Couldn't Unless do you it. could do flexed arm hang for like a day. Uh, yeah, I could, I <laughs> could like literally do flexed it. arm hang like forever. Like you're still doing it. Still, yeah. He's doing one right now. Yeah. <laughs> he, did, he did it through the whole podcast. I'm literally hanging <laughs> while we're doing this podcast. But I can't. I mean, I, I, I can't even hear the stress in his That's where I say that, you know... Age catches up to you a little bit. <laughs> All right, well, Athletics come easy to me, but so 10, 10 pull-ups. That's, yep, 10 pull-ups. And I got a bar in the basement. I put it in. I'm going to yep. do this Boom. thing. Yep. All right, Steve. It's been a, been a crazy year. I think I would have to say I want to go my kids like you, Bruce. So maybe a couple of things. You know, Bray, yeah, the, the boys are... Boys are amazing, right? Like they're yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's okay. And 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 I've worked my ass off to create some things. And and this year, I think I finally got to the point where I've been able to articulate the ideas that I've had that have been hard to articulate, and I think they're really going to. Well, they have uh, to Without a CEO. rolling into an infomercial for your. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah, no, no, to a Wait, CEO. Aren't you the core? To a CEO yeah. that yeah. To www dot uh, like you know less helped me with yeah. this agreement. Where it's like the it's a ridiculous price yep. to ask for something, and um, people are saying, "Yeah, no problem." Yeah, and I'm going, "Wow, like holy crap!" Yeah. Right? It, so it, 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 I think it's fair to say from an from an outside observer's standpoint, it's fair to say that Steve, the work that you have done on your learning and your thinking and your educational materials over the last decade, crystallized this year into something incredibly tangible yeah. that is going to build the basis for a, a business platform for you moving yeah. forward that's incredibly exciting. It wasn't me that paid for it, though. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that kind the of money. The CEO of uh, Sagar, uh, Sturgeon. 15 Sturgeon. 15 Sturgeon. 15 Sturgeon. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't yeah. pay for it either, but I, but I did help him uh, draft the contract. <laughs> you did say, you did say adding this it. up, I probably yeah. wouldn't pay for it. As a CEO. <laughs> did say, I did. You did say that. Mm-hmm. 
It's a little bit surreal. But anyway, so yeah, so that was the highlight. You know, my New Year's resolution, I have a, you know, I have a lot of them. 1% better. Set your bar low. You know, I, yeah, George inspired me. <laughs> you know, it's hard to know. I can't get yeah, any better. Gonna, like, you know, yeah, gonna, I'm pretty. Put your wagon to George's I, yeah, train. Yeah. If he gets to 2%, you'll get yeah. to 1. I want to get 2% yeah. less better because I'm so fucking awesome. That's my uh, drawback <laughs> of it. No, you know, I, I, honestly, I just want to be 2% better than George. Yeah. And <laughs> everything. You know, I haven't set a New Year's resolution. I think it is just, you know, capitalizing on what I did. One of my biggest goals is to convert some of this stuff in business to take better care of my friends and my family. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, I cannot wait for the day. And, you know, I'm not, you guys know I'm not a flashy guy. One of the things I do want to do is that, you know, when this stuff does convert. Buy a I wanna, Rolex? I want to be able to know. I you want to buy us all gifts? I want to buy you guys. buy Rolexes want, for the no. other three guys Well, here's, here's one of the things. I remember, this is weird. And I, Snow Day bought Rolexes from Steve. <laughs> Snow Day. I love it. Well, the picture of me and I all of room on my wrist. Is, uh, I always remember this, the, the guys that made Monopoly. Like, I remember, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they when they um, needed investment money, they went to their friends. And and some people came to the table. And it wasn't a lot. I think it was 500 mm-hmm. or 1,000. or You know, people gave them what they could. And I remember seeing this documentary um, when I was a kid. They basically flew everybody out. I think it was in Banff or something. And nobody knew why they were there. And everybody got an envelope, you know, dinner and all this kind of stuff. And everybody got a million dollars. And they weren't expecting it. And they never asked for it. And I know my, I mean, I've got the most amazing friends in the world. Two of you guys are sitting here. And I just, I think because I've been supported, people are patient and tolerant of my way of being in the world. But I can't wait to have everybody that supported me in the same space and just enjoying it and celebrating it together. So. One million dollars. For each of us. You'll send us a million One million dollars. Well, don't you think we should maybe ask for more than a million dollars? A million dollars isn't exactly a lot of money these days. And then we'll borrow a million from Jorge because yeah. we don't have to pay it back. Yeah, 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 he's, back. yeah he's in the last <laughs> podcast. Uh, don't lend it to the big Yeah, he said back, if so. I lend it to you, I don't want it back. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> words. Uh, Les, over to you. Uh, you highlight of the year, personal highlight of the year, and um, okay. New Year's Revolution. I mean, resolution. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so those are, those are, are two slightly different angles of that personal highlight of the year and most impactful event of the year which is i think what bruce asked me originally are, are slightly different 20 i have fuck 2018 was a good year for me like i'm pretty happy about it got through the year relatively unscathed um had some good business success i'm gonna say and you guys are gonna laugh at me about this i'm gonna say the event that happened to me in 2018 that was most impactful to my life was uh, my girlfriend got a puppy? <laughs> You're right. We are laughing. We're laughing. <laughs> and I now have a dog living in my house. And uh, and you have a yeah. doggy cam. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It's been life changing. And this yeah. was after two years. This was after two years of. I want to get a dog. No, I want to get a dog. No, I want to get a dog. No, and I'm like, no you way. Crumbled. My lifestyle, there's no freaking way we're getting a dog. Like, travel all the time, not home, not doing it, not doing it, not doing it. I finally caved and, uh, you yeah. love the dog. And now we, we have a dog. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that little bugger has won me over. <laughs> I'm not going to say I love the dog, but I, you know what? I love the dog. I love the dog. I'm a 
ridiculously 47-year-old Peter Pan, never had kids, <laughs> you know, <laughs> very few responsibilities, <laughs> incredibly selfish lifestyle. But you can fly. Asshole. You can fly. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I've got this dog and it's, uh, yeah, that's been the most, that's literally been the most uh, impactful, changing thing in my life in 2018. Hopefully 2019, there's something more profound to say yeah, than that. Yeah. But 2018, we got a fucking dog. Hey, what are you going to do? People will love it. We're going to do a lot on pets. On yeah. pets, yeah. It's yeah. a big deal. Rest well, yeah, day. now we can. And I will do, I mean, if you had done one a year ago, I would have been the a hardcore anti-pet guy. And now I'll be the, eh, you know, I don't know, whatever. Pets are okay. <laughs> That's what it's about. New Year's resolution. Okay. Yeah, New Year's resolution. New Year's resolution. 12-hour flex arm hang. Nope. I've got a really specific one for you, though, because Steve knows this. I have been like for a few years, I was really hardcore on the New Year's resolution stuff. One year I went 100 days without drinking. Heard that. Right. Yeah, that was insane. The next year I went, I decided I was going to go 100 days without meat. And I ended up going 15 months. The fact that we're still friends is a testament to what that turned into. (laughs) It's, it's funny because uh, halfway through that year, I was talking to my nutritionist and I was saying like, yeah, like, I don't, like what am I going to do next year? Like, what am I going to give up next year? You know, first year I gave up alcohol. This year I gave up like... I'm on the edge of my seat, man. Is it pants? You know what she said to me? You know what she said to me? She goes, <laughs> you should try to quit swearing. Get the fuck out of here. And we're like... Holy fuck. What the fuck? <laughs> that oh, today. Fuck, it's so funny. There's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> fucking fantastic. All right. Oh, <laughs> no. That's what she said to me. I was like, yeah. No fucking way. <laughs> I can't do it. I know I can't do it. I don't have that level of discipline. I've given up meat and dairy for 15 months. I gave up alcohol for 100 days. I know I don't have enough discipline to not swear for 100 days. Anyway, whatever. This is, but but interestingly, I've been thinking about this one a lot, actually. I've been thinking about this a lot. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to commit myself and uh, my Your girlfriend, dog. who I haven't fully explained this to, but because she lives with me, this is going to become a <laughs> listens to the podcast. Yes. So much for me, too. I'm the boss. <laughs> yeah, she's going to hear this on the podcast. I am going to try to, and I can't put a hard metric on it because I, I'm not exactly sure how to do it, but I am going to try to extremely eliminate my use of plastics in 2019. Ooh, I like that. Everything we read, everything we hear about environmental stuff. The right. one thing that I look at all the time and you see like these obscene pictures of plastic in the ocean and plastic. And mm-hmm. I think of, I drink, you know, I buy water bottles and throw them away all the time and all this shit. And I think, okay, I can't change the oil sands and I am, I'm not, maybe not willing or able to change my carbon footprint off how I'm heating and, and electrifying my home. But I can uh, I can stop this absurd use of single-use plastics in my consumerism. If I can do that, maybe we all start doing that and maybe we start to reverse the trend of this ridiculous plastic abomination we have on the yeah. planet. I'm saying this publicly right now to you two guys yeah. so you can shame me if yeah. you come to my house in six months and you and you, you, and you see I'm not doing a bottle it. Of Perrier. But I tell you, I've already been thinking through, talking with the girlfriend, like looking at things we can do. Like I'm, I'm going to go hardcore and I'm going to try to become an extreme non-plastics user in 2019. Yeah. And you, yeah. you know I love this. Random. As a, I know. As a, no, no. As a rap, I love it because Guy Hansen basically started the recycling center in Thompson. He did. And this yeah. this is almost the next level of recycling where yeah. the, the recycling organizations are now saying, it's not cool to just buy mm. a bunch of plastic and give it to us. Like, yeah. 
why, why are we even recycling yeah. these well, plastics? Well, it's incredible, right? right? I, was so reading about this, I was reading about this last week about there are a number of types of plastics that can only be recycled once. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, no, it's okay. It's I recycle it. I throw it in my recycle bin. It's like my friend. Half of it can only be recycled <laughs> once. It's crazy, right? Yeah. We need to just stop using plastic. Totally. Stop using plastic. Yeah. If we yeah. stop doing it as consumers, producers will change the way they package yeah. product. Yeah. They'll jump on the bandwagon. They're making glass. Because they're Which is actually environmentally yeah, friendly. It is. So Isn't it crazy? That glass thing. and aluminum are environmentally <laughs> friendly. <laughs> My challenge to the Snow Day Pod listeners, reduce your plastic use in 2019. Yeah. I yeah. know you can do it. I know we can do it. I'm going to send one out. 12-hour uh, uh, chin-up hang. And 10 yeah. pull-ups. Yeah. See, yeah. Which, yeah. see which one goes. Yeah. See which one goes. Yeah. See which one's easier. I'll tell you which one's easier yeah. right now. Getting I'll tell you right, right now. now. Yeah. Yeah. I just changed to the plastic yeah. one too. Said, <laughs> said, <laughs> I go back. said from the guy that's doing the flexed arm hang through the whole podcast. He looks down at us. He looks down at us. I'm from looking his, down at you saying, get on plastics, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. That's go get more wine. All right. All right. Happy New Year. for listening great review us send us a message somehow we're on a bunch of social media we're at snow day pod thanks to to shannon b the secret weapon